So welcome to episode four. Uh, we have uh, Matthias from Atlanta at the moment. <laughs> um, he's a he's a massive bodybuilder. Um, he's, a, he's a massive strong guy. Um, the reason why we brought him on is because he has a war and weakness brand um, that he's really passionate about. He's a great mindset guy. Have a listen to this podcast and uh, get a bit more insight about him. So uh, Matthias, welcome, bro. Yeah, thank you guys for having me. That's good, man. Um, so tell us a little bit more about your war and weakness to start with, to get uh, to give everybody an idea about you, your brand or movement, or like what's your mission with that, uh, the brand and stuff? I think um, the original mission was, uh, you know, I couldn't go on Amazon and find anything that would fit. So I wanted <laughs> to, you know, uh, start out just making some quality stuff uh, originally. And um, it's weird because it, it kind of, originates from uh, when I was injured at the Arnold Classic. So, uh, you know, someone kind of mentioned that phrase to me when I was having a recovery and they were saying, you know, it's, it's a little bit more than physical right now. It's going to be a, a more of a, a mental war on weakness right now because you're not going to be strong for a long time. You know, I was in a wheelchair for three months. Is, and, that, uh, um, is that when you uh, it looked like you broke your legs? Was that it? I ruptured both quads at the Arnold Classic. In 2017. So how did you do that? It's my second squat attempt. It was a like 700, 710 pounds or something like that. And um, I was sweaty and you only get one re-rack. So I wasn't going to use it on my second attempt. And it was, it was down on my left shoulder just a little bit. And I went ahead to try to squat it anyways. And it tore on the outside of my quad. When it did, I couldn't hold myself back from falling. So I ruptured both quads off the kneecap and, uh, <laughs> That was that was my last full powerlifting meet was at that Arnold Classic, and um, you know throughout the recovery and everything like that, it was a weird thing for me and for guys like you. You know, uh, when you're super strong and you always feel like the strongest person in the room, and then going to having people you know talk to you like you're a child, like, hey, are you doing okay today? You know, and uh, it was such a it was such a mental battle for me, and um, that's really where that brand came from because. You know, it wasn't really about me or anything that I've done that's special or me being like super strong or anything like that. But just the mentality that you have to have in a sport like this, it, you know, it's brutal because everybody's going to get injured. And um, that, that's really what that's about. Yeah, man. Awesome. So um, let's just rewind a little bit then from 2017. So what was you doing before that? What made you get into powerlifting? And uh, did you play any like sports as a kid? Yeah, so um, I played college football, and then um, whenever I finished with college football, I just started working and everything like that, you know, business environment, and um, I just, I didn't have anything I was competing, you know, I had no competition, nothing that was driving me outside of work, and I did all the normal routines, like everybody, you know, like having like church league softball and stuff like that, and like weird old man sports that I was trying to sign up for, and um Somebody, you know, I still continue to work out every morning before work. And uh, somebody's like, man, you're really strong. You should try powerlifting. And I was always against it because I thought I'd really find out that I wasn't strong. You know, if I got around a bunch of guys that that's all that they did. And I was like, you know, I don't want to be exposed out here as like somebody that's weak. You know, I'd rather be the strong guy at the gym. So um, I, I signed up for one in um, 2014 was my very first powerlifting meet and I just did push pull and I won it and it was like a weird confirmation of like yeah you are kind of strong you know and um after that I just 
I stayed locked in. I was always signed up for one and training for one. And I, I literally, uh, I had an old school powerlifter that gave me some weird advice back then. He was like, just sign up for as many as you can. And he's like, uh, he's like, you know, he was like, the only way you're going to get experience is just by being in meets and, you know, having good ones and bad ones and stuff like that. And I just continued on literally all the way until the Arnold Classic. Yeah, man, that's awesome. That's awesome. What was your, um, so I, I was having a little look back and obviously you did a 340 in 2019 deadlift. Uh, what'd you say? What was it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, your deadlift in 2019 was 340. I don't know what that is. What's that? 700 pounds? Seven. Yeah. So the uh, the most uh, my my best numbers. Uh, I did a um, a 650 squat, uh, 485 bench, and a 750 deadlift all in competition. Yeah. yeah. Right. At 230. At 230 pounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's how we go, man. Excellent. So, um, what uh, what was your um, like your program leading up to those big numbers? Did you have a coach, or was it just yourself? And like, how did, how did your powerlifting career look like? Is it you know did like did you have a coach, or was it just a lone wolf? I never um, I never really signed on with anybody because honestly, during those years, I, I wouldn't have had the money to have somebody like that. So, um, somebody that I would you know pick their brain and get get a lot of information from um brandon lilly with his with the cube method i, I would do that a lot and um it, it's good as you're becoming strong uh but when you get strong that's a grueling process so <laughs> yeah man loading up those bars yeah so what um so going from powerlifting what made you go into bodybuilding like because i saw a couple of your shows man you made some great progress between um Oh, those two years you had a part. I, can't yeah. what you were. I had a little look. Um, yeah. Made some great mass gains on, in, in between your two shows. So, um, I, I mean, I've always been against bodybuilding. As, <laughs> yeah. as, fundamentally, as a powerlifter. So, um, at, whenever I was injured at the Arnold Classic, you know, it was going to be one of those things where I'm either going to be stubborn and try to work myself back into something where I could possibly get back to where I was before in powerlifting. Um, the doctors, they, they never advised me against that. The only thing that they said was, uh, whenever I had this repaired, they meshed uh, wiring with my quad and had to actually wire it to the bone, uh, back to my patella bone. And they said, you know, if you were to do it again, it would be a nightmare to, you know, fix all of that. So I had a lot of people during that time, whenever I first came back to the gym, it was like, you know, the doctor said that was the best case scenario that it actually tore from the bone and it didn't tear down the middle. So it didn't affect the way my muscle looked. It was just, you know, super painful, hard recovery. So the, the bodybuilding guys were like, hey, you should transition to bodybuilding because you're doing hypertrophy and stuff like that. You can build the muscle up. It's a whole new sport that you can come up in. And I literally, you know, I, I'm the type of person, I always have to have something out in front of me. So um, whenever I came back from surgery, I, I took eight total days off from <laughs> the time, the time that I ruptured both quads, you know, surgery, drive home, everything, eight days. And I came back into the gym in a wheelchair and, uh, I set a goal for, uh, so that was March of 2017. 
and I competed in my first bodybuilding show in June of 2018. So, um, and you know, months of that was just training the wheelchair, doing upper body stuff. Um, and then that's, that's been the start of my bodybuilding career up until now. So I've only done uh, three bodybuilding, no, uh, is it? Yeah, three bodybuilding shows so far. And um, this year, you know, was nationally qualified and everything like that. I'm going to go do some national shows, uh, you know, coming up in the fall. Yeah, nice, man. Um, I love that. I love that. Well, um, I was having a little uh, stalk on your photos. Yeah. Uh, so tell, tell us or tell the listeners how you got so much mass on those arms in those two years, because like everything grew on those arms. It was like. Was it 2018 and then 2020? Like in those two years, was it all the wheelchair pushing and stuff? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Your arms just like doubled in size. The funny thing, anytime anyone asks me about any muscle group and like how to make it bigger, I'm always like deadlift. They're <laughs> always like, "What? Well, that can't be the answer for everything." Like, how do I uh, how do I help my core? I'm like deadlift. They're like, how do I make my traps bigger? I'm like, deadlift. Like for, <laughs> for anything, but uh, honestly, you know. As a powerlifter, I, I had never had an arm day, you know, so that would have been like disrespectful to waste my time doing an arm day. And now I have that to where, you know, I have time periods where, you know, things change because I'm specifically focused on one area, you know, when I'm in there. And um, everybody has a muscle group that's like their fast developing muscle group, you know, and for me, my, my triceps uh, like take off, you know, yeah. and so I have to actually like, chill out on them a little bit or it makes my shoulders look small you know so it's, it's a weird because in 2020 your shoulders were looking just as big <laughs> it's a it's a weird thing but uh you know just that specific focus on the area when i had never done that before you know that's that's part of it so your favorite exercise deadlift yeah yeah definitely <laughs> it, it, it's, it was cool too because you know i was worried that you know after the injury like i'll never be able to do any of those compound movements ever again and um that was at deadlift was actually the first uh you know thing that i got back into that i thought i would never be able to do it again i was still like well you know maybe if i adjust my form a little bit it'll be fine and it's been that uh i think 2000 so 2019 and may of 2019 is when i pulled that 750 again so that's the I mean, it's been fine ever since. I haven't felt any pain or anything like that. I can always just let it go out of my hands. It won't actually crush my body, you know. <laughs> awesome, man. Awesome. So, like, uh, what, what are you doing at the moment for training-wise? Is it just are you in off-season at the moment because of lockdown? Or like, what's the – what's the actually, what, tell me what the situation is over there with lockdown and we can go into your training. Yeah, it's weird in the United States because we can never be on the same page, you know, uh, state to state. So, literally – and, and that's what's weird about traveling. Like uh, every state's different. You'll walk in some places and they'll, you know, tell you you have to wear a mask in there. And then other places, it's like you look weird wearing a mask in there. So it's like it's it's different. But I am in off season right now, and um, I'm in between coaches. I'm about to start with John Meadows um, here with in, in the next two weeks. And um, I mean, I'm excited for that because one, you know. Uh, just being able to start with a big name coach like that and somebody that he's, he's built a lot of big athletes. Um, mm -hmm. My last time period for bodybuilding, um, the coach that I was with, his mentality was everybody's going to just be as shredded as possible. Like we're going to get you down as lean as possible. But um, I think 
I can I can put on masks, and uh, I think that John is going to help me push me more in that direction. Um, with with this last round of dieting and everything like that, I was I was two sixty five in November of two thousand nineteen, and I stepped on stage. I was one ninety five, so yeah. it was a massive you know cut you know to that time period seven month prep. But um, uh, for people listening, if they come over onto your page. I saw that uh, the transformation from 260 to 200, but you, you don't look any smaller, man. Like you just, yeah. you're so your coach and yourself have got that spot on. And maybe that leads us well into the like nutrition side. Is are you, yeah. do you like being told what to do? Or are you pretty flexible with your nutrition or uh, how, how does it work? How does your coach work it for you? In the off season, I'm very flexible. I mean, it's about me eating as, as much as I can, really. And um, I haven't really began to push it right now i'm like in a it's, it's a weird hibernation mode where i'm like i know it's coming like i'm about to be forced to you know eat certain things i don't want to so i'm like eating everything i want to right now like in preparation for the discipline so um i think you know it's it, it's not too bad it's it's a it's a mindset shift because bodybuilding is all day long you know um with powerlifting it's like i know i'm about to squat tomorrow so i'm gonna eat a large pizza it's like I just squatted, so I got to eat large pizza. It's like I was always like fitting it around the training, but um, you know, I that is the most difficult part. I think is that I, I mean, for seven months uh, in 2020, I ate the same meals in the same order. Yeah, so it, it was you know, it it gets to be a, a really really hard mental struggle, you know. Uh, quickly, uh, quickly, just go through your meals uh, right here so you get an idea of what you're eating. So for me, um, I wake up 4 a.m. every morning and I want that. Oh, yeah, 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 rewind, rewind. That's just right. <laughs> Matthias gets up at 4 a.m. every damn day. And if you don't believe him, get on his um, Instagram now. And every morning, it's a 4 a.m. wake up call, baby. Yeah. <laughs> what kind yeah. of time would you go to bed if you're uh, getting up at 4 a.m.? I, I I'm always going to bed at 10. And I get up at four. So I try to keep the nighttime routine and morning routine exactly the same. So um, one, I'm super organized with stuff like that. And it helps with the discipline. I think that's where a lot of people go wrong. If you wake up rushing around, then you don't have your meals and stuff like that. And then if you didn't think about it last night, you're not going to have them. So making the nighttime the same and the morning the same at least helps you to prepare. Um, but I've been doing that since 2018. Uh, and really, I didn't have enough time to eat all the meals that were requested <laughs> of me. So I had to like space it out at first. And, um, you know, I, I like me personally, I like for the first meal and the last meal to be a shake. And um, a shake in bodybuilding is just real food blended up. So it was like um, the, the meal that I like to go to is uh, rolled oats in the shake with uh, your choice of fruit. and it's 16 ounces of egg whites and um, I will put like sugar-free chocolate syrup in there and a tablespoon of peanut butter, natural peanut butter. And I will have that first meal and last meal. And then as many meals as I can in between of, of like, you know, chicken and rice, steak and rice, beef and rice. Um, and I usually, I, I mean, me personally, I like to, I get ground, ground chicken and ground turkey. Uh, lean turkey, I think it's easier to eat. Yeah, would you put? Uh, I follow Stan Effordin a lot, and uh, I love his Monster Mash. You know, adding the yeah. um, 
added the like the stock over the rice because it makes it so much more easier to eat. Yeah. You know, I, used to do that. I used to always use a crock pot to where I could get up in the morning and just like put it in containers. But then I would just not clean the crock pot. And then like two <laughs> months later, you can't even use it. You know, it's like so disgusting. <laughs> yeah. How, how do you uh, go about <laughs> prepping your meals? You like every morning at 4 a.m. you get up and sort them? Uh, for me, I like to do like a two and three days at a time. Um, yeah. Because I mean, I know a lot of people that are like, oh, well, it's Sunday. I'm going to meal prep for the whole week. And really, it's like it gets so disgusting and they will just probably throw away half those meals. Yeah. So I want them to be fresh at least or as fresh as possible. So I'll do it about two and three days at a time. And I will have it all, you know, in bigger containers. I think for me, that's easier. Like I will cook three days worth of ground beef three days worth of ground turkey, three days worth of ground chicken in, you know, one foot containers. And I'll have, I mean, I'm never going to miss carbs. So I've always got carbs around somewhere, like whether it's like rice or I'll get those instant bags of rice in the off season or like grits or uh, things like that and take that with me. But in the morning, I will just get up and put them in smaller containers and take them with me. So uh, what's the, uh, for us English folk, what's the uh, closest thing to grits? Uh, I've had it, but I could never know what it was. Someone asked me that just the other day. Somebody um, from Jamaica was like, what are grits? And, <laughs> and, um, I, I mean, it's a very, it's like a very fine, if I was to compare it to something, it, it's almost like mashed potatoes. Um but it's it's a ground consistency where it's it's very fine and um, it's not like rice. I, I, for me, I look for things. Everything that I think about as, as far as nutrition is like how fast can I digest it. So if there's something that's super heavy on you and it feels heavy when you eat it, like it's probably just that much harder for your body to process it. So I, I like things like that that can get through my system, you know, better. And rice will a lot of times bloat people and oats too. So you know. That's why I'll blend up the oats. Nice, nice. So in off uh, in off season, you're not doing any tracking as such. So in season, what, what when does okay? When does two questions? When does your season start? So and when do you start getting more like do you, do you track or do you eat how you feel? Are you that regimented? You like you just take a meal out or you put a meal in basically? Well, for me right now, technically would be considered like I'm in like a, an in between uh, because. For real off season, like um, whenever I go into a real off season with like John Meadows, it, it will be more difficult than the prep probably um, because it's so much food to where you're you're literally the entire time you're awake, you're trying to get in as many meals as possible. And it's just every two hours, a whole meal. And, um, you know, those those meals are usually uh, the way that I like to keep it is I would like for the off-season meals to just be bigger versions of the prep meals. That yeah. way, it's just a, a difference in, you know, the size of the meal. I'm not like, oh, I need to switch to fish now or something like that. Like, I don't like to do all of that. Uh, and, and that's that's the key for your uh, your budget and everything like that financially. I think when people try to like overcomplicate it, where they're like, well, I need this, this, and this to get lean, and then I need this, this, and this to get bigger, it's, it's really about, you know, quantity and, and finding the right things for your digestive system and then just eat more of it or eat less of it. You know, you got to 
we all know what healthy food is, but a lot of people try to complicate it and be like, well, you know, they have a specific thing where they're going to go buy all of this and then they have all these other things they're going to buy. If you can keep it simple, it's going to make it easier, you know, in the morning to actually have it. And it's going to make it easier when you're shopping and stuff like that, too. Yeah, yeah. That, that, I remember um, I was watching uh, like the Ronnie Coleman documentary and he said like he ate like five things. It was like chicken, beef, potato, yeah. um, uh, oats and something else. And he said, that's all I eat. Yeah. It's always the same. Like, yeah. Be the same because you got to kind of have the mindset where I mean it's not going to be awesome and you're not going to fix something that everybody already knows is like difficult where everybody wants to like come out with like these weird recipes and stuff like like but this is still healthy it's like you know <laughs> you know and, and that's the thing about it is when I tell people it's like it's that easy and that hard because it's an easy process that all of us know how to do, it's just really hard to do it for a long period of time. Yeah. And it's not this weird complex thing. Like there's a reason why people are like, oh, we're like chicken and rice. Like, well, you know that that's healthy. It's like, you know, it's just not exciting. Yeah, man. So uh, as you're um, in America and obviously they do great food over there, we have rubbish food over here. Um, you have to really find some good like American barbecue over here. Like it's not you oh, don't yeah. find it down the street. Um, so what is like you know what's your like your go to cheat meal? Like if you're gonna have anything, like what are you gonna go for? Uh, and hold back. <laughs> for me, I mean, I have a few things where I'm kind of like, that's so bad for you that I just won't even eat it. You know, like. <laughs> I used to say all the time, like, I'll only eat donuts on vacation. Like, I'm not going to just be like, well, I'm going to just have one or something like that. Because when I eat them, I'm just going to eat like 20 of them. <laughs> like, I'm not going to hold back. So donuts are like one of those things. Like, do you have Krispy Kreme over there? Yeah. Yeah. So like those, like the hot Krispy Kreme donuts, like I can eat a, a dozen, like easy. And then I, that for like sweets that's what i like but i love like italian food and i love like um seafood so i mean obviously that's like a ton of pasta and stuff like that so usually <laughs> it's just the opposite of what i would get in prep or something you know yeah man you let me down there i thought you was gonna go for like a rack of ribs or something or rack of ribs big chicken <laughs> ribs. I, I grew up in the south of the united states so I, i've always been around barbecue like oh, there's nice, like nice. barbecue all around me so that would be like uh you know, so you disrespected them telling me you want Italian. <laughs> yeah. I don't want I don't want to say like uh barbecue is a cheat meal either because in the south everybody just thinks that's kind of healthy because it's it's protein, you know, they're like, that's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, wicked man. Have you got uh what, what's your like um supplement protocol um through prep and stuff? Uh, like what do you is there something you have every day like um supplement wise and or is it something you do, or you're not into yeah, it? So, Literally for two years, I drink the same drink uh, first thing in the morning um, when I'm driving to work. I, I will drink uh, a serving of super greens because I don't like to, I don't even cook vegetables or put them in with any of my meals. That's my, <laughs> serving, that's my full serving of vegetables for the day. And then I'll put vitamin C in that. And then um, uh, I'm trying to think, I'll put glutamine in there and then I take a scoop of pre-workout too on my drive to work. To get <laughs> and, um, you know, usually like uh, the, the organic brags, organic vinegar, the apple cider vinegar, and um, uh, I'll put honey in there. I usually like pre-make it and everything like that, but it's always the same. It's always been the same drink. 
And then I'll take uh, liver support, kidney support, multivitamin. Um, I take, uh, what else? I'm trying to think because it, I literally have it all set up in front of me. Like I, I talk about my morning routine, like it's all right to where I know, I'm just like a machine in the morning. Like I'm taking this stuff and then just like out the door. <laughs> but um, what else? It, it's just pretty much anything that I would need an excess of to make sure that I'm healthy, you know, uh, because I think that's something people take for granted, um, especially when you're like in the gym scene where you're like, well, obviously I just need more testosterone, you know, to like be stronger. <laughs> like, well, that's one thing, you know, it's like, but there's, a, there's just so much that you need to make sure that you're, you know, keeping in check. Nice, man. Wicked. Who who would you say inspires you the most to carry on doing what you're doing? And like, obviously, after like, obviously, we you, we know you're sick in the head because you've ripped your quads and you're still going back for more. So you know you're not right there. But you know, yeah. you don't. The people that lift stupid weights, you know, we're not they're not right anyway. Yeah, uh, that's exactly. Your inspiration and what makes you keep going back? I think, and, and this will make sense after I say a few of them. But um, I've always you know, always been a huge fan of Ronnie Coleman, um, <laughs> always. And, you know, when I first moved to Georgia, Metroflex was the first uh, place that sponsored me as an athlete. And it, it was, it was weird because I, I met Ronnie Coleman then, like he came to Georgia because it was the first time that they had opened up a franchise there. And it, it, it was weird because it was like, he could see the path for me where he's like, he's like, you're not built like a power lifter, like a normal power lifter. He's like, He's like, you, you remind me of like me where, you know, you, you don't look like you should be proud of and you would be bodybuilding. And I was like, yeah, I don't think I'll ever do anything like that, you know, like back then. And um, his mentality of like, he's like, well, bodybuilders lift heavy weight too. And I was like, I know. I was like, I know, I know you can. But um, that mentality of like, to me, and, and it's the way I always tried to approach powerlifting was like, I, I wanted to, I, I never wanted to be the guy that was, really big but not strong or really strong and didn't look good like to me and it, it's like one of those things where you're not always going to have all of that i realized that but that should be the ultimate goal because that's the reason all of us got into it was like this image of like almost like a superhero that's like unattainable and to me that's like what ronnie coleman was back then where it was like this guy is a freak because he's super strong and he's like shredded, you know, and like, like something you've never seen before. And um, Dorian Yates too. I mean, that, that mentality is just like, you can't, you can't force someone to be that way. Those two guys right there, I would say like, I can watch videos of those guys like all day long, like run through a wall because like Dorian Yates being like, um, I love that uh, the video where he's like, you know, I kind of just have this uh, fuck you mentality. Yeah. Like, like, I don't care what you say, I'm going to do it. Like, that's, that's me. Like, I, I love that, that thought process because both of those guys, the, the foundation of all of it is without any social media, without any publicity, anyone knowing that they were doing it, they would still be doing that same exact thing. They'd be in the gym, lifting heavy weight and being crazy. And no one would even know about it because that's just their personality. And that's what I like about it is like they were discovered just because they're just freaks. You know, it wasn't something where they were putting on a show, you know. I remember in uh, 
uh, when he came and did an interview, and he even said he, he never even looked at himself in the mirror. He didn't. Yeah. I don't. I don't care because I'm going there, and I, I like. I, I, I'm coming with what I've got. I, I can't make any better. So he never looked at himself. Yeah. Um, but he, like for me, definitely, yeah. That, those two were just uh, that, like their proper inspiration, and just uh, just like keep pushing on. Like you see, like Ronnie's broke his, uh, busted his back, and yeah. he still says that his biggest regret is not squatting that. Uh, was it eight hundred pounds for free or something? I was like, Jesus. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I mean that and. That's somebody who really like did it their own way too, like because people look at it and it it really pisses me off because people are like, "Well, you would never want to be like that." And I'm like, "You're looking at such a small time period of like that guy's life when there's people who will never get to do the things that he did, and they never will, you know." So he really did everything, everything the right way. And when you talk to him. He's like, just like you said, I wouldn't change anything. Like, that's the that's the goal, you know, because you got tons of people who are 100% healthy, who they've hated their life, their, their entire life. They're like, this is terrible. There's a nice, uh, famous interview with uh, Mark Bell. When that guy asked him about that, his, his elbow, he goes, you know, fuck yeah. you, elbow. He goes, he goes, we're all going to end up in a wheelchair one day. I might just get there faster than you, but at least I've done something, you know. I've got a world record under my belt. That's exactly right. That's the way that, I look at that it. How you look at like how you look at life, like you know, you might be busted up, but I'm still gonna be pushing on. And, that, and I guess that comes right back to your war and weakness. You know, there's no, no time to be weak in this world. Yeah, yeah. Because I mean, you can you can try to play it safe like that. You know, with everything, with powerlifting, bodybuilding, business, whatever you want to do, but it's not going to protect you. And and that's the that's the misconception is everyone's like, well. They, you know, we're taught from the time we're little to, to play it safe. We're taught to be like, you know, don't put yourself out there. Don't overpromise and underdeliver and things like that. And it causes people to miss out on things because really when you, it, it's like when you put that heavy weight on your back for the first time, or you're unsure if you're going to be able to pick something up, it's like, what do you do? Do you just not try it? Or how do you feel when you pick it up? Because all of us have had a PR before, and that's something that could have, hurt you and you did it and now you're at a new level and that, that's how I feel about the whole thing because you know people these days like they're so cautious and and worried about different things like that and it's like you're you're missing tons of things by thinking that you're protecting yourself from something what things do you um what strategies do you use to make sure that when times are tough you're always doing the right things to get you to where you want to go to, to make sure that you get the lifts, um, even with life, when life doesn't go your way. You know, what, what strategies, coping mechanisms do you use or do you recommend to other people to use? I think um, the, the one thing I can reference that to and, and um, the question I get a lot of times like on Instagram and stuff like that from people who have had a severe injury is like, how, how could I ever come back from this? And that was my, that was my main feeling. And I, I will tell you 100%, I, I have not no uh, mirror of what should happen in that situation um, because I was terrible. I was terrible to be around and I was very difficult with my family and everybody. <laughs> that, that's, that's really how I learned, you know, of like, you know, this is a, it's, it's different. It, it's, it's, it's like someone having, uh, you know, PTSD uh, from that point on because you, you're just not the same anymore. And the only way that I came out of that, 
I feel like uh, one with a lot of prayer from a lot of people, you know, that could see that I was like really hurt, like not just physically hurt, but the the ability to like just look at just today because looking at like, well, I'll never be able to squat 700 pounds again. I can, I can say that now without being like crushed. Like that back then looking so far ahead of like what you'll never be able to do again was like, felt like today's worthless, you know, like, well, what, a, why should I even go to physical therapy to learn how to squat my body weight when I'll never be able to do this again? And, and what I tell people um, that have had a severe injury like that is like, you know, you have to just focus on today. That's it. And nothing else, not tomorrow, not the next week, because when you look too far into the big picture, when you're injured, it it's so discouraging when you're really, really injured. And people start to confuse that with like a pulled hamstring or something like that. It's not the same. When you have a real injury that has like threatened the way that you function and things like that, it, it can look like a mountain that you'll never be able to get past this on your own. So yeah, I, I, I look at a discipline that way too, with what you're saying of like hard days in bodybuilding. Um, I think about it in terms of like a timeline of like, I realize that I'm not going to be 100% disciplined 100% of the time. So I want to make as many positive steps as I, as I can, you know, knowing that there'll be some negative steps in there. And whenever I tell some people about that, like just for business is like, you have to think about like the road out there is your goal. And if you do that one positive thing, that's two steps this way. And then if you, do something negative, that's one step back. And that that's literally how that thing processes out in the big picture. Yeah, man. And um, if uh, I like the way you're talking there, because um, not as bad as you, but I had my knee reconstructed. And like, yeah. I, I was in that hole as well. Um, but I think the main thing is, I think, like you say, like think of every day, like they just said, oh, just lay on the sofa and tense your quad. And I'm like, tense my fucking quad. Like, what the hell is that? But, you know, after a while, you're like, I've tensed the quad every damn day. And then, like, I, like, I was getting mad. So I got my brother to drive me to the gym and I'd sit on the machines and press stuff. Just yep. to something. And then, like you say, you're, you like, that's the sort of thing I use as well. Like, every day, it's like, how am I going to do something better today? Like, it did take a while to get to that stage. But uh, I think that's a wicked way to look at it. Like, look at every day. How, how can I take that one step forward today rather than, like you say, two steps back? Yeah. And I think that's that's important too. What you just said is, you know, you don't try to like hide away, you know, uh, for, you know, the first little bit, what really crushed me, like I said, was the repetitive conversation of like, oh man, what happened? Like, how are you doing? Like, um, how do you feel? I think, you know, and after being through that, like if I see someone like bad injured, I'm going to intentionally not ask about them. Like, because how many times have they said the same story? Like 20, they're having to relive it in their mind over and over again in front of all these people. So I will ask a different question. Like, even if you're just like, hey, do you need anything? Like, you need any help with anything? Like something different and besides like, hey, I see that you're in a wheelchair. Tell me the whole story, you know, and how, and how do you emotionally feel right now? It's like, I feel like shit, I'm in a wheelchair, you know? So, it, you know, I think that that is a, a big thing of like, make sure you get out and, and go to a gym or do something. Don't hide away away from stuff like that because it it can get under your skin a little bit during that time period. Yeah, man. 
No, no, cool. That's fine. Cool. Now, wicked, brother. Um, now, wicked. Uh, so, who, um, uh, who do you look up in the Obviously, you mentioned two like obviously two of the greatest bodybuilders of all time, um, and then you've uh, uh, yeah. So, who do you look up in the powerlifting world? What kind of got you into that? Like, obviously, you wanted to be strong and look good, but who um, did you see anyone in the gym or like you know was you looking up to the Lily Bridges or you know the Cohen Ed Cohen or anything like that? I think that um, a few there was a few, there were a few times that I saw things that freaked me out. For one. That you like, live pushed the south, towards right? that. Huh? You're from the south, right? <laughs> yeah. So I, I I saw someone uh bench press 500 pounds for the first time. And that's when I was first out of college. And I thought that was like that same guy inclined 315. And honestly, like I'll, I'll tell you, like being honest with you, the 315 incline at the time, just not knowing the difference, was like, what? Like in my mind. I remember telling my brother, like, I saw someone incline 315 pounds. And I, like that blew my mind as far as like strength sports. But um, I can remember, I think the the very first person that I watched a video of that was a power lifter that was like crazy to me. And it's the same type of thing I'm talking about. It's like um Dan Green. Yeah. Um, Dan Green to me during the time period, like when he when he was in his prime. I mean, he was 220 pounds and he was like built like a bodybuilder and like solid and the strongest guy like I've seen pound for pound like I, I've ever seen. And he's still, I mean, he has longevity, like he's still strong today. Yeah. And there's something to be said about that, honestly, because, you know, I mean, some of the guys that I know of that were really, really strong, you know, power lifters, they didn't really do a lot of accessory work at all they were always focused on just the compound movements and they got injured. And I think looking back, I could have done more things like that to protect myself, uh, you know, with everything that happened with me. Yeah, man, he's a fucking, he's a top lifter. He's a beast. Yeah, he, he is, he is. Um, wicked. So let's have a little talk about your War and Weakness brand again. Let's bring it back to that. Um, do you ship over to the UK? And stuff? Oh, you do, yeah. You ship over to the UK. <laughs> Yeah, I've got your T-shirt. I just can't find it, so I have to buy another one. You told me, uh, or one of you all told me there was a weird charge or something like that, though. Like a uh, yeah, yeah, the the, yeah, the, the tax. tax. Yeah. Sometimes you get it, sometimes you don't. But just depends on if they yeah. if they want to if they want to be assholes or not. Um, that's what honestly, um, as far as stuff like that, like I, I've shipped to Australia and everything like that now. And to me, the way I look at that brand, like this is just like a. You know, I have a whole different uh, set of business things that I deal with. This is a, a thing on the side for me that's, you know, it, it's more of a thing. It's a team thing to me a after everything that I went through, because I can tell you, I definitely don't make any money doing that. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a it's, it's a more of a negative situation, but I love to see it like to see someone like where you all are at wearing that shirt. Like that means a lot to me. Uh, and that that's the whole thing that I want to happen. I would love to see it like everywhere. Um, but if there was a weird shipping situation, I just have people just e like email me or message me on Instagram and I'll make sure we figure something out to get taken care of because I'm not like, I'm not, it's, it's not like Nike or something where I'm like, oh no, unfortunately, you know, we cannot do this or this. Like I'm trying to get it out there as much as I can. Yeah, perfect. 
Um, so go on, let, let, what do you do day to day in other businesses if you're allowed to talk about that? <laughs> oh yeah, well, I'm an assassin. Yeah, yeah so. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, I uh, I work for a company that does um, commercial and residential construction. Oh, we and I cover like a whole region of just help with operations. So like director of operations. And, you know, I have to go to a lot of the different locations that are just having like issues and stuff like that and help correct it. Oh, sweet. So this is, so this, uh, Clavin, uh, well, I, I was almost like, I'm almost like, a, I'm named it like a movement almost because yeah, yeah, a lot of the cool photos, like it's like loads of different sorts of people putting up. Like this is what I kind of wanted to do with the podcast. So uh, we've got like yeah. a boxer on tomorrow, and uh, we're going to be interviewing a boxer. Sorry, and, and the things like that. So it's not just about the barber. It's actually like mindset, like mm-hmm. how you're like how you're recovering, um, you know, and bringing like a team together and just bringing like this is why I thought it's wicked because you're you know you're in America. It'd be great. It's great to get in contact with you and uh, yeah. bring you on. Yeah, definitely. What's funny too about that logo is like um, that was the very first shirt I ever made, and um, I was I, I was finishing my MBA and we, I was in marketing class, and you had to uh, create a website in the class. And I was like, well, if I'm going to make a website, I'm going to make a T-shirt, and if somebody buys one, at least I made some money, you know. And I had been thinking about doing that, and I had that. Uh, the, I had the words, but I did not have a design. And I went to meet with this guy in his garage who had a screen print like situation where he could print some shirts for me. And he's like, well, you know, what do you want it to be? Like something for weightlifting? I was like, I just got to make sure the words don't look weird. And he he like showed me that, like how he could do it like that. I was like, that's perfect. And I, I made the one shirt and wore it to the gym. And everybody's like, that is awesome. Like, where can I get that shirt? And I was like, wow. I was like, man. I just fell right into this thing. I, someone in their garage helped me design this, this design. <laughs> that's the way. That's the best way. Sometimes that's the best way. Is there any? Um, is there any quotes um, that you live and train by? Um, if uh, I'll quickly plug your website. If everyone looks on the website, I had a little quick earlier. There's some really cool like little bits of tips on there. But what what would you say your quote is to to live and train by? Just just one quote, and uh, you know, like yeah. I think um, one quote that has stuck with me for a long time, and I'll say it like on a bunch of different things, but uh, I had a football coach say it a long time ago where he would say, hold the vision, win the day. And that goes back to, you know, exactly what I was already saying is like, there's a bigger picture focus than you squatting 700 pounds, you know? And, you know, if, if it, if that happens, it happens. But, you know, I, I honestly think about the injury now as a blessing because powerlifting, I had an old school powerlifter tell me a long time ago, like, you're either going to lose the love for it or you're going to lose the ability to do it. And he was like, unfortunately, a lot of people don't lose the love for it if they're just getting PRs every month. You know, he's like, so he's like, it, it's a difficult thing to step away from. And for me, that was the only way I was ever going to get out of something like that was something severe, you know, like it had to be like, okay, you're not allowed to do this anymore. So now I look at it like that, that was something that was supposed to happen, you know, to, to lead me into something else. And um, I, I really, I really think it's a good thing. I, you know, I had got to that point where I was just nickel and dominant with my totals anyways. So it was getting frustrating. So that was my retirement right there to scare everybody else. <laughs> nice man so uh where can everyone find you if they want to um, come and have a look at you on uh instagram and things like that 
So um, the Instagram is Warpath Barbell, and uh, you know that that's what um, that was a another quote that people were saying. You know, uh, whenever I was coming back through the recovery, it's like, man, you gotta you're on the Warpath in here, aren't you? You know, like in a wheelchair and everything like that. Like people could tell that you're kind of pissed off training, and um, it's something that I kind of I hung on to that, and I was like, you know. I'm going to trademark all this stuff. And if I ever open a gym, that's what it'll be. It'll be Warpath Barbell. Awesome. Is there any, um, are you sponsored at the moment or is there any like brands you're working with that you just want to quickly throw on the end of here just let everyone know um, where it's at? Yeah. So um, Impel Nutrition is is uh, the person that gives me all my supplements. And they have honestly uh, one of the best pre-workouts that I've ever tried because I was actually I met the gentleman that, that owns that company whenever I was on vacation and he gave me some samples and I started just buying it. And um, he approached me last year and, and wanted to add me as an athlete. And I was like, well, that's good because I was already buying it, but it's, it's not a big name. And honestly, my opinion with supplements is that when companies do become a big name, the, the quality starts to suffer because they're trying to make things in bulk and, all of their all of their products it's a very fine powder that you know actually dissolves it's not like all chunked up and everything like that and it's effective i mean i take it in the morning like i said and i, I take it you know uh, in the evening before i train they've got a bunch of different things and then um my uh, meal prep sponsor is smash meals and they're based out of tennessee i don't know if they'll ship over there but <laughs> awesome and uh, one thing i forgot to ask is uh like you was talking about your morning uh, uh, shake. Do you ever switch out the eggs for like a whey protein or anything, or do you just you just try and stick to food as much as you can? I think it, as much as you can, and that's what I would tell anybody because a lot of people ask about protein. I'm not against protein, but I just think as much as you can, if it can be real food, that's helpful. So, I, and I honestly think I told somebody just the other day. I think egg, like liquid egg whites are like uh, that's like a secret weapon that. People honestly forget about liquid egg whites and I'll, I'll go to the grocery store and buy all the liquid egg whites. So if you're around me, you won't even have access to them. But <laughs> like, I think it's like such a, a hidden tool that you can use because, you know, I will, I'll drink it all the time. There's no taste, you know, people get, people get freaked out about it, you know? So you, if you're like that, just drink protein, get you something sweet. <laughs> Maybe too. Oh, yeah, no, wicked. Yeah. Thank you for your wicked. time. Yeah, thank you all for having me. It's been cool. Uh, it's wicked. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely get you back on again to, to catch up again at some point. It's been wicked to have you. Yeah. Uh, any last words for the English fellas? No, this is, I mean, it, it's it's super cool to be able to like talk with you guys and, and to know anyone in England. That's that's pretty cool. So I have to get it set up. I'll come train with you all sometime. You have to you have to add up the kilograms for me though because. You know, <laughs> Mate, I was trying to I was trying to just work out what you'd actually lift in. I was like, yeah. like eight hundred pounds, that good? Seven hundred pounds? <laughs> it sounds I was like yeah, eight hundred pounds. <laughs> <laughs> no, y'all keep pushing it. It's it's cool to have stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. It's just uh trying to get um, you know, just trying to understand like we we all believe that strength is like the base of everything. So uh rich in uh, like uh, martial arts and boxing. Um, and you know this base is still strength for uh, Kelvin yep. powerlifter um, and I've got a rugby background um, so yeah but like, so it's just more about actually rather 
rather than uh, us just talking to ourselves, just meeting people that that believe in strength in the bar as well as mindset and anything else that that um, that they can do. Like we had a guy that does Olympic judo two weeks ago. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's just uh, making sure that we're trying to get the word out, and then obviously if we can help as many people out along the way. Um, yeah. you know, with your, your brand and stuff so hopefully you get a few more yeah, English orders yeah and, and that, that, that helps everyone out as well so nah, awesome. thank you very much for your time bro thank you all I'll see you later keep smashing yeah, man. Thank you. see you